Today's episode of The Media Files is supported by Lift Period. Lift Period provides first-time menstruators with everything they need to prepare them for their first period. This is a new and exciting time in your child's life, and Lift Period is determined to give your child a better experience of starting their period than any of you had. No more embarrassing conversations or hiding tampons up their sleeve. Periods aren't weird or gross, and Lift Period is here to help them celebrate, not just tolerate. Buy a box today at liftperiod.com and use code MEDIAFILES5 to get $5 off. That's liftperiod.com. For me, it's 7.24 p.m. on February 4th, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my second chair this week is you, the listener. That's right, this is the third of these special episodes that we're doing. I had so much fun with the Halloween episode reading The Raven and the Christmas episode reading The Gift of the Magi. Those were such fun for me. I don't know if listeners of the podcast know this, but one of my dream jobs, I guess, if I could do any job in the world, and not that I'm not happy with the with the career that I have, but I think I would be a voice actor. I've often dreamt of of doing that. And so this is just kind of, I don't, not practice for me, I don't think, but it's it's kind of me playing at that and you just getting to be the unwitting audience as I do things like this. Uh, and, and special thanks to Brian, too, for all of the work that he puts into editing these episodes and giving us a really cool immersive experience when we do things like this. It's really fun for me. I think it's fun for him too. And hopefully these kinds of episodes are really fun for you as well, the listener. We do mostly talk about current pop culture things that are happening, but that doesn't mean that some of these other things we talk about that go way back, a hundred plus years back, aren't important in current pop culture. And that's why I like to bring them up sometimes because they are so fun. And so... In honor of Valentine's Day, this year, we are having a special episode and a special reading of what is maybe my favorite poem of all time. I, I, would, I would have to really hunker down and see if there's anything that beats this one, but if it's not number one, it's, it's really high. We are reading this week, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. <laughs> The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock is the first professionally published poem from T.S. Eliot, originally printed in June of 1915. A love song really in name only, Prufrock narrates his erratic thoughts in the interim of traveling to a social gathering, but is overcome with emotions of doubt and self-consciousness. 
Like a lot of Eliot's work, this poem contains a number of allusions to other literary works, but even without a full understanding of the poem's references, it's difficult not to pick up on just how sorry Prufrock feels about himself. Worried about women remarking on the thinning of his hair, coming to terms with his aging body and out-of-style dress, or wishing that he had been a nameless, bottom-feeding sea creature. For the lovers who have known loneliness, or those still sorrowing for lack of love, the Mediafiles and RPG Era are proud to present to you The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky like a patient etherized upon a table. Let us go through certain half-deserted streets, the muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells, streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent. To lead you to an overwhelming question. Oh, do not ask what is it. Let us go and make our visit. In the room, the women come and go talking of Michelangelo. The yellow fog that rubs its back upon the window panes, the yellow smoke that rubs its muzzle on the window panes, licked its tongue into the corners of the evening, lingered upon the pools that stand in drains, let fall upon its back, the soot that falls from chimneys slipped by the terrace, made a sudden leap, and seeing that it was a soft October night, curled once about the house and fell asleep. And indeed there will be time for the yellow smoke that slides along the street, rubbing its back upon the window panes. There will be time, there will be time to prepare a face to meet the faces that you meet. There will be time to murder and create and time for all the works and days of hands that lift and drop a question on your plate. Time for you, and time for me, and time yet for a hundred indecisions, and for a hundred visions and revisions before the taking of a toast and tea. In the room, the women come and go talking of Michelangelo. And indeed there will be time to wonder do I dare? And do I dare? Time to turn back and descend the stair. With a bald spot in the middle of my hair, they will say how his hair is growing thin. My morning coat, my collar mounting firmly to the chin, my necktie rich and modest but asserted by a simple pin. They will say but how his arms and legs are thin. Do I dare disturb the universe? In a minute, there is time for decisions and revisions, which a minute will reverse. 
for I have known them all already, known them all. I have known the evenings, mornings, afternoons. I have measured out my life with coffee spoons. I know the voices dying with a dying fall beneath the music from a farther room. So how should I presume? And I have known the eyes already, known them all. The eyes that fix you in a formulated phrase. And when I am formulated, sprawling on a pin, when I am pinned and wriggling on the wall, then how should I begin to spit out all the butt-ends of my days and ways? And how should I presume? And I have known the arms already, known them all, arms that are braceleted and white and bare, but in the lamplight, downed with light brown hair. Is it perfume from a dress that makes me so digress? Arms that lie along a table, or wrap about a shawl? And should I then presume? And how should I begin? Shall I say I have gone at dusk through narrow streets and watched the smoke that rises from the pipes of lonely men in shirt sleeves leaning out of windows? <sighs> I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. In the afternoon, the evening, sleep so peacefully, smoothed by long fingers, asleep, tired, or it malingers, stretched on the floor here beside you and me. Should I, after tea and cakes and ices, have the strength to force the moment to its crisis? But though I have wept and fasted, wept and prayed, though I have seen my head, grown slightly bald, brought in upon a platter, I am no prophet. And here's no great matter. I have seen the moment of my greatness flicker. And I have seen the eternal footman hold my coat and snicker. And in short, I was afraid. And would it have been worth it after all? After the cups, the marmalade, the tea, among the porcelain, among some talk of you and me, would it have been worthwhile to have bitten off the matter with a smile, to have squeezed the universe into a ball, to roll it towards some overwhelming question, to say, I am Lazarus, come from the dead, come back to tell you all, I shall tell you all. If one settling a pillow by her head should say, that is not what I meant at all. That is not it at all. And would it have been worth it after all? Would it have been worthwhile? After the sunsets and the dooryards and the sprinkled streets, after the novels, after the teacups, after the skirts that trail along the floor, and this and so much more, it is impossible to say just what I mean, but as if a magic lantern threw the nerves and patterns on the screen, would it have been worthwhile if one, settling a pillow or throwing off a shawl and turning toward the window should say, that is not it at all. That is not what I meant at all. No, I'm not Prince Hamlet, nor was meant to be. I'm an attendant lord, one that will do to swell a progress, start a scene or two, advise the prince, no doubt an easy tool, differential, glad to be of use, politic, cautious, and meticulous, full of high sentence, but a bit obtuse, at times, indeed, almost ridiculous, almost at times the fool. I grow old. I grow old. 
I shall wear the bottoms of my trousers rolled. Shall I part my hair behind? Do I dare to eat a peach? I shall wear white flannel trousers and walk upon the beach. I have heard the mermaid singing, each to each. I do not think that they will sing to me. I have seen them riding seaward on the waves, combing the white hair of the waves blown back when the wind blows the water white and black. I have lingered in the chambers of the sea by sea girls wreathed with seaweed red and brown till human voices wake us and we drown. Mm -hmm.